Hi there. Welcome to the While You Wait podcast, where it's all about helping women just like you learn about the bladder while you're waiting for your appointment with that specialist. Each week, I'll combine science, medicine, and common sense so you can learn, become empowered, and get started on your journey to dryness. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Boyles, a board-certified urogynecologist. Let's get started. Hi there. Today I'm going to talk to you about treatments for stress urinary incontinence. On previous episodes, I've talked about things that you can do at home, like pelvic floor strengthening, but I've had some requests to talk about the different treatments so that you know the full spectrum of options that are out there. So if you like what you hear today, be sure to share this with a friend because there are so many women out there that need this information. So urinary incontinence is common. Estimates are that about 50% of adult women leak. So that's about half of us. Recent work shows that around 38% of women who are aged 30 to 50 have stress urinary incontinence. So this means about a third of women who've had kids but aren't menopausal yet leak. That's a lot of us. This all comes from an article from JAMA in 2017 by Emily Lukatz. Let's just review. What is stress urinary incontinence? Women that have stress incontinence notice that they leak with exercise, with coughing, with sneezing, with laughing. All of these activities generate a pressure in your abdominal cavity. The leaking happens when your urethra, which is that tube that goes from the bladder to the outside, can't generate a high enough pressure to hold the urine in. And there are lots of different reasons why this can happen. It can be because of a nerve injury, a muscle injury can do this. These injuries often happen because of pregnancy and delivery. The muscles can be weak in general. Your posture and breathing may align in such a way that the muscles can't generate enough force. The urethra may just not be well supported anymore. In any event, this is common. 10% of women will have stress urinary incontinence their whole lives. It's common in young athletes. The higher the impact in the activity, the more likely athletes are to leak. Think volleyball and pole vaulting. Actually, I think that all sports that require short shorts are more likely to make you leak, but that's a whole nother story. There are lots of treatments for stress urinary incontinence. I've talked about the conservative ways that you can treat it before, but now I'm going to review those treatments and talk about the whole spectrum of treatments so you know what is out there. When I talk to patients about the treatments for stress incontinence, I always talk about it in the exact same order. I start with the most conservative things and then move into more invasive procedures and end with surgery. Surgery should really be the last thing that you consider. That doesn't mean you have to try everything else, but it makes sense to try the less aggressive measures first. And again, before I start, I just want to say that stress incontinence is a problem that impacts quality of life. When to address it is up to you. If you have a small amount of leaking and you find that if you just stay off the trampoline, you're fine, you can choose to eliminate that activity. But if you find that you are giving up lots of activities that you love, it may be time to address your leaking. 
The first thing to consider when you're leaking is containment products like pads and incontinence underwear. You may hate the idea of these products, but they help contain the leakage as you work on improving it. Let's say while you're working on your pelvic floor muscle strength. I always recommend using incontinence pads and not menstrual pads. Incontinence pads do a much better job of containing urine. They're designed to do this. There are lots of different brands out there. One of my favorite newer brands is called Attention Grace. This brand is available online at Target, Walmart, and on their own website, and it's also available in some Walmart stores. If you're interested in trying this brand, I do have another podcast that talks about it. Attention Grace is an eco-friendly product that's designed for sensitive skin, and many women find them to be more comfortable while being very absorbent. There are also underwear that are designed for incontinence that are reusable. They look like normal underwear, but will hide mild to moderate leaks. There are lots of brands out there for this as well. And this type of underwear is available in different styles and colors. I usually recommend Under, O-N-D-R, which were created by my good friend, Jessica Luban. There are different shorts and leggings that are designed for running and exercise. Some of the underwear can result in panty lines and aren't meant for high impact activity. These shorts and leggings have built-in pads, but don't have underwear per se, so there are no panty lines. EVB shorts were designed by Yvonne Brady, who's from Ireland. Yvonne was a big runner who leaked after she delivered. These shorts are different than just absorbent shorts because they help pull you into an optimal alignment, which optimizes your muscle function and minimizes leaking. She designed these when she started leaking after delivering. I have a podcast with Yvonne coming up, so keep an eye out for that if you're interested in more information. Pelvic floor strengthening helps stress urinary incontinence in about 60% of women. Most of our data comes from pelvic floor physical therapy. This is important to know because a good pelvic floor PT can address your whole body, your breathing, your muscle tightness or weakness, and alignment issues. They can make sure you're doing the exercises correctly. They can progress your exercise routines as you get stronger, and they will keep you accountable. Pelvic floor PT can be done in person, virtually, or as a concierge model where they come to your house. But there are also many other ways to strengthen your pelvic floor if this is what you feel you need. Remember that you have to do a lot more work on your own if you're doing it without a PT. These other options include vaginal weights. There are different peri trainers, devices that measure pelvic floor strength and help you exercise. There are devices that will contract your pelvic floor for you, like the Innova shorts that use an electrical impulse to contract the pelvic floor muscles. The Amcella chair uses a magnetic impulse to contract the pelvic floor. These are all different things to explore if you're interested in just strengthening your pelvic floor. If these measures don't work, you can consider weight loss. Studies have shown that losing 8% of your body weight can result in a 70% improvement in stress urinary incontinence. And I have lots of patients who have noticed that as they lose weight, their leakage improves. Losing weight isn't always easy, but I think this is important to consider. 
especially since we want you to improve your overall health. If these measures don't work, it's time to move on. The next thing that I would offer would be a pessary. An incontinence pessary is a device that is placed in the vagina that puts pressure on the urethra to stop leaking with stress incontinence. This is something that you place and you remove, and it only works when it is in place. Pessaries are a great option for many women. They're cheap, they're easy to place, and there are very few side effects, so it's always worth trying a pessary. There are reusable pessaries that you can get from a physician, and there is also one over-the-counter disposable pessary. The over-the-counter pessary is called the Impressa, and it's put out by the Poise Company. It comes in different sizes. Like I said, it is disposable, and you can only wear it for a limited period of time. Over time, it can be pretty expensive, but for some women, this is a great option. I often recommend placing it with lubricant just to make this a little bit easier. There are also different incontinence pessaries that are available through a physician's office or with a prescription. Traditional incontinence pessaries require a fitting appointment where a provider works with you to make sure you find a pessary that fits you best. About 90% of women can be adequately fit with a pessary. These pessaries are silicone and reusable, and they last for several years. In general, incontinence pessaries improve incontinence by 50 to 80%. The Uresta is a brand of incontinence pessary that does not require a fitting appointment. It is available over-the-counter in Canada where it was developed, but in the U.S. you need a prescription, and then you get a starter kit that contains three different sizes that you can try on your own. There are five sizes, but most women just need one of the three most common sizes. A pessary can be a permanent way to treat incontinence. I like to think of it as an athletic supporter. So if you leak with running, it may just be one more piece of equipment that you need, like body glide or the right socks. It can also be a bridge to a more invasive treatment. What do I mean by this? I mean that you can use it until you have time and capacity to do something that requires more healing. There are procedures that can be done to stop stress incontinence. To me, a procedure is something that doesn't require scissors or knives like surgery. In this case, it is a procedure called a urethral bulking procedure. In this procedure, we take a needle and we inject the urethra with a substance that bulks it up. It plumps the urethra and helps it to close better and hold in the urine. I usually describe this like a filler, like the cosmetic procedures that plump your lips, but for the urethra. This is an old procedure, but there are new materials that are being developed all the time. Right now, there are three materials that are on the market, coaptite, macroplastique, and bulkamid. Bulkamid is a polyacrylamide gel and it has the most favorable data. These procedures can be performed in an office setting or in an operating room. Some of the older materials only improve incontinence in about 30 to 50% of women, but the newer materials look like they help about 70% of women. Because there are few risk factors and no downtime, and it does help improve incontinence in the majority of women, these procedures are becoming more and more popular.
The last category of treatments for stress urinary incontinence is surgery. In surgery, what we're doing is we're resuspending or supporting the urethra. And there are lots of different ways that this can be done. In general, you can place a piece of material under the urethra. This is called a sling. Or you can put stitches on either side of the vagina around the urethra and pull up on the vagina to re-support the urethra. And that is what is called a copal suspension. A copal suspension requires an abdominal incision, either a big incision or laparoscopic incisions, depending on how you're doing it. And it helps stress incontinence in about 70 to 85% of women. There have been studies that have compared this surgery to sling surgeries, and it doesn't work as well. The classic type of sling and surgery is called a pubovaginal sling. This type of surgery requires both a vaginal and an abdominal incision, although the abdominal incisions can be very small. There are many different types of materials that you can use for a sling. The most common type of materials that we use are a polypropylene mesh, which is made out of polyester, cadaveric tissue that is medically treated, or your own tissue that's harvested from somewhere else on your body. There are nuances to what type of material that you pick. It depends on your past surgical history, your past medical history, and how much time you have to recover and your own personal desires. Medical mesh is safe to use, but there are unique complications when we use a mesh, and it's important to talk about this with your physician. In general, slings cure incontinence about 85% of the time. Using your own tissue or cadaveric tissue is a bigger surgery and requires bigger incisions, so there's more healing time. Lots of women are improved, even if they're not cured. And long-term data tells us that over 92% of women are still dry at more than five years. Mesh slings are done in a minimally invasive way, so they're usually done as an outpatient with a few weeks of healing time, depending on your surgeon's preferences. Over time, incontinence procedures and surgeries have become less and less invasive, so the healing time has become less and less. When I do a mesh sling, I usually recommend that you don't do any high impact activity or lift anything over 20 pounds for about two weeks. And then after two weeks, you can go back to your normal fitness activities. Because there's a fairly short healing time, this type of surgery is often preferred with my patients. So there are lots of different treatment options for stress incontinence. What to pick is up to you, and it depends on what you have done and the conversations that you have with your medical provider. My message to you is really that there are lots of things that you can do, and if your incontinence is bothering you and limiting your lifestyle, then it's time to ask someone for help. So I hope this information has helped you. If you have any questions, I'll include references about the different procedures in the show notes. So if you want more information, you can look there and let's get started and let's make you better. Thanks for listening. If you want more information about me or my online work, check out my website at www.thewomensbladderdoctor.com. 